WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 51, all about the Houses of Healing. Chapter 8, Book 5 of The Return of the King, being the 51st part of That's What I'm Talking About. 51st doesn't sound like a real word. Hello, my name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And ha, it's Mary Clay from the future. What up? Um, This is part two of the conversation that Buddy Alice and I had about the Houses of Healing. So if you haven't listened to part one, what are you doing? Go back, listen to that, and then come back and listen to this one. And then another quick announcement that I just want to make right off the bat is that this month I will be donating the Patreon funds for the month of June to the Harry Potter Alliance. The Harry Potter Alliance is a really just amazing organization and I think shows the absolute best of what the Harry Potter fandom can be and how the fandom and the people who gather around this work, despite the person who created it, can create a lot of positive change. They do a lot of work for gender and LGBT equality, um, racial justice, youth advocacy, education, a lot of really important, great stuff. And I honestly trust them. Like when I donate to them, I know that it's going to a great, great cause. So um, in honor of Pride Month and also the Black Lives Matter movement and also in spite of a certain author, I I think that this is a, a really great organization that can do a lot. So now we will jump right back into this episode. Where we last left our heroes, Buddy Alice and Mary Clay, they were discussing the houses of the healing. Virgil had returned with six leaves of a random plant that Aragorn needed to heal some very important people. Can Aragorn save them in time? So Virgil comes running back and he is like, I found six leaves of this thing. And Aragorn's <laughs> like, great, we will work with that. <laughs> um, and first they go to Faramir and he kind of like brews it up with some hot water and... Uh, I'm not going to like read every time they describe what it smells like because this podcast would be 30 minutes longer if I did that. <laughs> but it's different every time. Yeah, I found it's different that interesting. every time. Um, but the, the first one that I think like kind of captures the idea says, for the fragrance that came to each was like a memory of dewy mornings of unshadowed sun in some land of which the fair world in spring is itself but a fleeting memory. That's beautiful. It reminds me of in... In Harry Potter, the love potion. Yeah, Amartensia. That, yeah, that's it. That smells different to each person based on like who they're attracted to. Um, that's a really good parallel. Side yeah. note, my favorite thing is when <laughs> is when Ron is like, yeah, I don't know. Mine smells like books and parchment <laughs> and, a ca- and a cat. That's What's so that weird. It's so weird how it smells exactly like Hermione. I don't know. That's and then Harry's like, yeah, mine smells exactly like your sister's soap. That's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. But I'm sure it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh. They're such idiots. idiots. Oh, Uh, Oh, it's good. But I I really do love the description of Aragorn, like, performing this healing act. Like, the way that he's, like, crushing up the herbs and making it into a tea and the way that it affects the whole room. Uh, You know, the way Tolkien handles magic is a lot more subtle than a lot of other fantasy writers. But I, this is one of those magical moments, right, where, like, it feels like a spell is being cast but it's so like grounded and real that it it's it also feels believable yeah and, and almost as if they don't like see it as magic they just see it as like this is a thing that works uh and it, it works so like thoroughly and completely and immediately and wonderfully uh and <laughs> faramir just like springs to life and he's like, my captain, my king. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Like springs awake, oh captain, my captain, basically. So cute. Um, it's also also like everyone who is there is basically like just standing there staring and watching Aragorn just do do, you know, a king thing. They're like, Oh my god, this is like 
it's actually working. This is him, do, like, in his element, doing his thing as the king, like this saying says. Like, that's incredible that we're here to witness these people, like, coming back from the brink of death. It's wonderful. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he, like, kind of, I guess, kind of, like, wafts it in their face. I don't know. So they smell it. Um, I think he yeah. also, at one point, I don't remember if it was to, to Faramir or... Um, or somebody else where he like dips a cloth in it and and like wipes down their face and I think uh, he does something like a little bit different with each person. Yeah. Um it's kind of just like get this like athless water on or near them and they'll wake up and they'll be yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so Faramir's first word he wakes up and this is when I was like, we do not deserve him. His first so word good. says, A light of knowledge and love was kindled in his eyes, and he spoke softly, My lord, you called me, I come. What does the king command? Ugh. My goodness. Ugh. Oh, man. He's such he, a treasure. You know, he, yes. was, he was moments from death, and he wakes up and he's like, You're the guy in charge, and I'll do anything for you. It's like, yeah, and what do you need? It's, it's incredible. Like, the, the, the light of knowledge and love... Uh, is a really beautiful way to describe a person like returning to themselves. Yeah. Um, and and Faramir is so soft in that moment, right? Like he's such a soft boy. Aww, <laughs> such a sweet boy. I just want to. This chapter just makes me want to like go hug them all. And be like, <laughs> they they all need a hug too. They, all, they super need hug. a hug. They, well, we know a hug. Uh, you know, is has you know touch has healing properties. Like that's that's just that's just sweet. And he kisses them all, doesn't he? Doesn't Aragorn kiss them all? Does he kiss Faramir? He definitely kisses Mary. He definitely kisses Eowyn. Like he's dropping kisses on people's brows, like it's like it's nothing. Like yeah. he's gonna kiss it and make it better. And it's so sweet and soft. Yeah. So I okay. So I say this with the full knowledge that that this television show is like you know, not has not been the greatest at handling the subject matter that it claims to be handling. And yet I continue to watch it. Um, it's sure. 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. It's honestly like, so a new se- the new season just came out, which I didn't realize there was a new season coming out. And I was like, crap, now I have to watch this because this <laughs> show is like, for me, it's like a car wreck and I can't stop watching it. And I understand that like all it does is make me feel terrible and want to cry. And I keep watching. Anyway. And you're watching this show and literally like all of these kids have gone through completely traumatic events and they keep like trying to hide it from their parents and they're like, oh, we murdered one of our uh, classmates, but don't worry, we're going to handle it and we're going to cover it up and it's going to be okay. And I'm just like, tell an adult anyway. <laughs> um and they like literally, they're like, "Oh no, he's addicted to heroin. We're gonna detox him." And I'm like, "Tell an adult." <laughs> anyway, and so like all of these kids, I'm like, "You need a hug. <laughs> you you need like I'm watching the scenes where like they're like, yeah, I have all these terrible nightmares.'" And they're like, "Yeah, me too." And I'm like, "Hug, just <laughs> hug." <laughs> All of these children need hugs. And also, that's how I know that, like, I'm officially watching a TV show that's, like, not for my demographic anymore. (laughs) Because I'm like, tell the trusted adult. (laughs) And then they also, they also, the the episode I just watched today, I won't spoil much, but this whole thing where I'm like, tell a trusted adult. They did, they did a thing where they showed that there are no trusted adults in the town. Oh, love that for them. Love that. The parents are also dumb. They're so dumb. They're like, my son just escaped from a psych ward. We do not hear from them from the rest of the episode. And you're like, how are you not concerned about this? Okay, anyway. Hello. It's Mary Clay from the future. Here to report. The future's not great. Um, So the day that we recorded this, that night, mere hours after I finished this recording, I cried for like two hours straight at the finale of 13 Reasons Why. And I legitimately might start crying again right now. And I just cannot recommend watching this show at all unless you want to experience pure anguish, I think is a good word to describe some of the emotions and the feelings. Just like a portion of the, it was, it was a roller coaster. I am not okay. I will never trust television writers again, probably for the rest of my life. And I legitimately want to start crying again right now. So don't watch it unless you want to cry for two hours. We're going to go back to past Mary Clay now because past Mary Clay doesn't know what I know. 
and she's happier for it. It's almost as bad as Riverdale at this point. Bro, I'm warning you. You don't want to start with me. Dude, what the hell happened? How'd you get those scars? I was attacked by a bear. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, oh, we were talking about <laughs> hugs. Yeah, they all need hugs. So... They only put and king kisses, and luckily they all get <laughs> yeah. king kisses yes. if nothing yeah. else. Just need a, a little bit of wafted king's foil smell and a kiss, and it, it's all better. And, and they're all yeah. better. The curse yes. is reversed. Yeah. As they're so as they're walking away from Faramir, uh, I love this. As he followed Gandalf and shut the door, Pippin heard Iarith exclaim, "King, did you hear that? What did I say? The hands of a healer, I said." And that's what made me like think of the grandma from Mulan of just being like yes i knew i I knew that that was a lucky cricket (laughs) (laughs) exactly i love the i love the would you like to stay for dinner would you like like to stay stay forever forever? (laughs) it's so good oh i I love that like that when i'm a old oh yeah absolutely those are i aspire to be them um i and i really like and this is the the kind of the same sentence, but a repeated theme through this chapter when they say, um, and soon the word had gone out from the house that the king was indeed come among them. And after war, he brought healing and the news ran through the city that after war, he brought healing. I put that in my notes and put a little heart eyes emoji next to it. <laughs> I was just like, like, that's so, it's so special. And it's so unique to to Aragorn and to like, he he's cl- so clearly bringing like this new age and this new like kind of leader um and i just i love that for him i i, I just he deserves it and he the the kindness and 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 pureness of his heart is why he deserves to be in charge and i i that just says so much to to tolkien's like values and what he uh what he thinks is necessary in in a leader you know mm-hmm. growing up through all these wars and and writing through you know all some of the most tumultuous years in uh, in world history, Tolkien just goes, what if we just had a guy who was nice to people and was a healer? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, because it's not enough to simply win a war. Like, the war would leave scars, like, literal and metaphorical, yeah. that would inevitably lead to more strife, right? So, yeah. so after war to bring healing is, like, this ultimate power move of a leader, um, and Aragorn is just so good at it. It just comes so naturally to him, uh, without him even like proclaiming himself king, because that's right. not what a good king does either. Right. He's not. He doesn't need to first go parading through the city. Look at how great I am. I'm your king, and now I will fix everything for you. He sneaks in under cover of darkness to heal people, and it's rumor and word of mouth and and the the wisdom of of a nice old lady who talks too much that that <laughs> brings the news to the rest of the people. Yeah. I just love that. Um. So after Faramir, they moved to Eowyn, my homegirl. And I was like, oh, great. Let's see what weird sexual tension Tolkien is able to do with Aragorn and Eowyn, considering Eowyn is unconscious. Like, what's he going to do now? Because every time Aragorn and Eowyn are together, there's some like weird thing. And I'm like... This, this isn't necessary. This this section, though, I mean, there 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 are some there are some moments where it could have been dicey, but he, but Aragorn pushes so much Aowen uh, and Aomer's relationship. Uh, this section becomes about how much Aowen and Aomer rely like rely on each other and and how much they love each other. Uh, Aragorn, I think, says a couple of times, like, yeah, I knew she was in love with me, but, like... Oh, um, we, we will get there, because this is, this, this, this is when I'm once again... So, okay, Aragorn, to me, is like a guy that you start dating, and you're like, oh, this is great, he's hot and a feminist... That's awesome. And then slowly, as you're with him over the next couple months, years, whatever, things come out where you're like, oh, that's weird that he like doesn't he doesn't like it when I hang out with my guy friends. I mean, that's that's nothing, you know, minor. I mean, that's nothing major. It's not anything huge. It's just a small thing. Or, oh, he he keeps he keeps mentioning things about like how he thinks I'll stay home with the kids. Okay. Oh, no, Aragorn's and not like that. No, 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 no. 
because he he's he's like seventy five percent a feminist, and it's the minor things that you're like. I mean, I guess I'll let this go because in the grand scheme of things, this this thing doesn't matter right now. And like at the end of the day, you're still a good person who respects people. Um, however, <laughs> uh, so they come in and they look at Eowyn and Aragorn says, for she was pitted against a foe beyond the strength of her mind or body. Um, and maybe I could have, that line would be better for me if Tolkien had done like, for the foe was beyond the strength of all of our minds and bodies. But he's like, no, it's beyond the strength of but, her mind and body. But he this follows foe is it beyond with, any of you. But he uh, follows it with, and those who will take a weapon to such an enemy must be sterner than steel. And he's saying that she is sterner than steel because she took up weapon against an enemy that was stronger however, than her. That is followed by... For she is a fair maiden, fairest lady of the ha- of a house of queens. Oh, and I lo- and yet I know not how I should speak of her. He's like I don't know what to say I, about. Her. I think I think this is. I mean, the, this is Aragorn kind of thinking out loud. Like this is the the Witch King is beyond anybody. Uh, yeah. This is this is an. A, a, a creature that cannot be understood by mortals beyond our skill, beyond our knowledge and reason. Uh, and yet she took up arms and yet she is so fair. I don't know what to think of her. Is she a fair maiden? Is she a fierce warrior? See, that's like, what, what is that's she? what makes me laugh is he's his his like his his male mind is like, I don't know what to do. She's beautiful and also strong. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it might not it might not track in like in the culture of Gondor yeah, no. and Rohan. Also, yeah. Also I should say that like I know that all of this is just like the language of the t- of like the time kind of that Tolkien was writing and also like the language that he's trying to use to fit into the time period that the story is set in and like I'm ca- like I'm mostly exaggerating all of this but <laughs> just, not I, completely. I found it so sweet to uh, in the, in the same way that that they I start identifying shell shock earlier in this chapter that they're full blown acknowledging that AON was depressed. They say yeah, that that so. that she had that her her malady begins far back before this day that she yeah. that she didn't say anything to uh to Aomer because uh because she loves him so much and you know um and but who knows what she spoke to the darkness alone in the bitter watches of night when all her life seemed shrinking and the walls of her bower closing in about her a hutch to trammel some wild thing in like that yeah. that hurts, man. Like that hurts to read. That they're all sitting here, and Aomer's like, "Oh my god, my sister, my own sister, had all of this, this grief and this horrible thing going on in her head, and I had no idea." It's Gandalf that has to tell me that she yeah. felt like a staff to Theoden and not yeah. like a person. It's uh, it. They are so. He, Tolkien is sitting here treating Eowyn so with so much like. Like so much power and depth, and and they're they're also careful not to blame anybody for this because the like I, I forget who says it, but there's also like Amor's like how could I have not seen this? And somebody's like she had enough on her mind. She was doing her best. Like it, it's not your fault. She was looking out for you too. Like she was hiding it. Uh, and yet, Amor, I say to you that she loves you more truly than me for you she loves and knows. Like, like she didn't say anything to you, Amor, because she loves you and knows that you'd worry about her. And um, and so it, it's, it can't be your fault. It's not your fault. Um, it's sweet. It's it's really sweet. And and of course, yes, they're talking around her and about her while she's laying there unconscious and dying and in, in front <laughs> There's no time. There's no time, but let's um, talk about how gorgeous she is. Yeah. It's it's not it's not perfect, but I think like identifying PTSD and depression both in this in this chapter is yeah. really really mm-hmm. really yeah. special. Um yeah, so they yeah, so as they're like talking about her and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe she's been through all this." And they're um just kind of like backtracking us a bit to set us up for like where this conversation is. So um, Aragorn and Aramur are like, oh my God, I, like I wonder 
why she was so upset and sad about stuff before. Like, I wonder what it could have been. And Gandalf says, but uh, he says, my friend, I love this, my friend. He's like, buddy, <laughs> Let, let's think about this. <laughs> um, you had horses and deeds of arms and the free fields. But she, born in the body of a maid, had a spirit and courage at least the match of yours. Yet she was doomed to wait upon an old man whom she loved as a father and watched him falling into a mean, dishonored dotage. And her part seemed to her more ignoble than that of the staff he leaned on. And he's like, she basically was a woman in a man's world and everyone around her was failing her and she can't go off and like do amazing things because that's not what the world has planned for her like you guys can. And then Aragorn's like, also, I mean, I think she was sad because obviously she loves me and I don't love her. And Aragorn's like, yeah, that's probably it too. That's probably and I can just imagine Gandalf being like, it was it was the sexism part. It was the, it was okay. the other thing. <laughs> it was it, it wasn't so much about the un, unrequited love thing as the like being failed by the world thing, but okay. Yeah, Eowyn's uh love, quote unquote, for Aragorn, she she's immediately smitten by him and um I mean, it's who a, wouldn't recurring... be? He looks like Viggo Mortensen. Uh, he does look like Viggo, is the thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a big thing in the movies, too. Uh, and it it always, to me, felt like kind of unfocused. Like, in a tighter storytelling, like, thing, uh, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't have those feelings. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't be a focus at all. Because... You know, Aragorn is is promised to an immortal elf maiden that will give up her immortality to <laughs> live a life with him. Like that's it's like this grand romance, cosmic almost. And you know, here's Eowyn being like, "Oh, he looks like Viggo Mortensen," <laughs> um, and it, it feels it feels weird even in the film. And to have it keep recurring here in in this moment where it sh- the the focus should be on anything else. Like, I don't know why Aragorn would come in and be like, ah, yes, her love for me is great. And you too. I mean, you too. Yeah, uh, yeah, her, you're no. her brother, yeah. She, but, she also like, but it's you know, the, loves but you. It, so. But no, it was the opposite of that. But he, he says he says that she loves you more truly than me. That he, right. say, he doesn't say she loves me. Oh, and also you. Aragorn so, says she loves her brother. She, right. she loves me or a shadow or a thought of <laughs> yeah. me. Okay. So okay. Yeah, um, she, she also doesn't know anything about me. She, yeah, she loves the idea it. of me. Yeah, um, a hope of glory and great deeds. Like like Aragorn represents something that Eowyn couldn't couldn't have but wanted. Yes. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he says, "And yet, Eomer, I say to you that she loves you more truly than me. For you she loves and knows, but in me she loves only a shadow and a thought, a hope of glory and great deeds and lands far from the fields of Rohan." And just that one part of like she loves me only a shadow and a thought. And that just, I don't know, it seems very like Aragorn's like, I'm a brooding, dark, dangerous man. I'm Batman. I am shadow. He did walk into the scene wearing a hood, pretending to be invisible. Yeah. Like he, his whole thing is that he's not hes not his true self around anybody because he there's, there's that other part of Aragorn, which is the shame, right? Like yeah. he, he can't return to being the king because he he hasn't like accepted himself as that he hasn't accepted that he's earned it right so so you know she loves me as this um superhero that she thinks i am uh which he like totally is but it's not who i it's not who i really am is is aragorn aragorn failing himself because like by the by the story's conclusion he will rise to that ideal um and and i think part of what makes him compelling as a as a protagonist uh in as much as you know the lord of the rings has a central protagonist (laughs) what what makes him compelling is this constant struggle with who he thinks he ought to be what he's capable of being and what ultimately the world needs him to be uh and this this whole like Aowen loves this idea of me that I just am not thing. It, it does, again, feel weird in this moment, especially since she's near death and so is Pippin and they haven't even, oh Mary. no, so is Mary and they haven't <laughs> even gotten to him yet. Um, 
but it, it does, you know, it speaks to that quality because he wouldn't be as good of a king if he believed so much in himself that he was like, yes, all women are in love with me. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's a known fact. I am indeed <laughs> hot. <laughs> um, there was a, there's a Twitter thread um, that like went viral kind of towards the start of the year. And it's a guy who... Uh, reimagined basically he's like Lord of the Rings makes a lot more sense if you think about it like it's a bad college D&D campaign <laughs> the best I, I have, college D&D yeah, campaign but yes I, like a bad one we've, my, we've talked we've done this actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the love the like weird love triangle thing in this like universe of oh it's a college D&D campaign is explained by the DM makes he like introduces a love interest for the Aragorn character and then like forgets about it and then he introduces Eowyn as a love interest and then later on they realize they're like oh Shire I already gave you Arwen so uh uh never mind about her forget her don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) ignore it uh, it, my my favorite pet theory is that um, especially the Hobbit is a D and D campaign. Hobbit uh, as a D and D campaign is the best because because there are um, how many dwarves? Twelve. There are thirteen <laughs> dwarves. There are thirteen dwarves that have been clearly playing this game for a long time and have a handle on the world and the history. And there's Gandalf, which is Tolkien's uh, self insert NPC. Uh, and then they invite a new player one day and decide that this is the campaign about him. <laughs> uh, and that's Bilbo Baggins. Uh, and that Gandalf is the, is the NPC or, or, or if he is a player, then he's the player that can't show up every week. So oh, every yeah. once in a while, he's just that's, gone. That's, that's how like they explain while. him in the, the Lord of the Rings one too. They're, they're, they're like, Get the you have a buddy who's in a band and his band keeps booking gigs but he doesn't know when the gigs are going to be consistent so he goes off for a couple months and then he comes back because all his shows got canceled <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, and and that's that's something to love about Gandalf but uh yeah I think these inconsistencies and these peculiarities are, you know, Tolkien as a novelist has weaknesses and we're, we're well aware of them at this point. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, not to excuse them or anything like that, but yeah, you can kind of feel things being kind of picked up, dropped, uh, focused on, not focused on enough. Um, and, and he's kind of inconsistent. Uh, and that's also part of what is like lovable about this series, um, <laughs> is is the weird idiosyncrasies. So not to you know reduce Aowen to an idiosyncrasy, uh, but it, it does feel like an odd choice. Um, and and anyway, she gets better. <laughs> yeah, she gets, she gets better, and she, and Aragorn lets Aomer do it. Yeah, call like, her yes. name. Yeah, he yeah he wafts the like magic her herbs whatever it is in her face and uh, says the eleven herbs and spices. Yes, and uh, so Eowyn, Eowyn cried Eomer amid his tears. She opened her eyes and said, Eomer, what joy is this? For they said you were slain. Nay, but that was only the dark voices in my dream. How long have I been dreaming? Um, and they're like, oh, yay, we're all alive. Our, de- our like surrogate father is dead, but we're alive. Yay. <laughs> um, and Gandalf, as, as they're leaving, says, great gladness it is to see you wake again to health and hope, so valiant a lady. And Eowyn says, to health, it may, it may be so, at least while there is an empty saddle of some fallen rider that I can fill and there are deeds to do. But to hope... I do not know. And this is when oh. I wrote, we do not deserve Eowyn because she's we like, hey, as long as there is a place for me to be in a battle and stuff to do, I will be there. She sure. Wants to be back in the fight. Everything is bleak and we're probably all going to die, but I'll be there. Yeah. It, this is this is the heart of a hero, you know, uh, like fighting despite overwhelming odds. And that's who she is, like, at her core. Uh, And it's a wonderful moment. And then (laughs) we 
we go to our dear friend Mary. Oh, Mary. And once again, kind of move through this process of like, he wafts the you know, fragrance near him and touches his head. Um, and when the fragrance of Athelius, uh, Athelius, Athelus, that's it. Um, and when the fragrance of Athelus stole the room, like the scent of or- of orchards and of heather in the sunshine full of bees, mm. suddenly Mary awoke and he said, I am hungry. What is the time? <laughs> Yay, hobbits! Yay, hobbits! Concerning <laughs> I hobbits. Burst out laughing. <laughs> Oh, he's so sweet. Loved it. How many meals did Mary miss? (laughs) He's like, oh my God, I missed 12 meals. Well, I have to eat all of them right now. Breakfast, second breakfast, 11Zs, afternoon tea, lunch and dinner, and supper. (laughs) For every day that he was out. (laughs) Oh. It's so good. It's great. I love it. I laughed a lot. It's just great yeah as usual the hobbits bringing in the levity right like the hobbits are capable of great things and and we hate to watch them suffer and that's a that's a whole other thing about what they can do but uh the hobbits are fun like i love them it's what they're meant to be i love them uh, and, and, and the that's smoking discussion we, here we do not deserve mary we don't <laughs> We don't. He's too good for this world. He's too pure. In, in the, and so this is when I was like, okay, here's the deal. We don't deserve Faramir. We don't deserve, or, yeah, we don't deserve Eowyn. They're going to go off. They're going to make their own kingdom. And the only people invited, who did I write down, are um, Legolas, Gimli, and Treebeard. And then <laughs> and then this moment with Mary happens. And I was like, all right, Mary can come too. Mary can come They're too. invited. The Entwives, if they ever get found, can come too. <laughs> just get them just get them all in one place and just like keep them safe and they don't have to deal with like the Gandalfs and the Boromirs. I mean, he's dead. And you know, who else is there? Sam, he annoys me. Get out of here. <laughs> my my favorite thing is that he's like, I think I would like a meal and a pipe like as soon as possible. Yeah, but then like, but right then now. he goes, "No, not a pipe. I don't think I'll smoke again." He doesn't want to smoke anymore because he promised Theoden that when they got through it at the end, yeah. they would smoke together Talk and then Theoden herbs. died. <laughs> That's the sweetest and, saddest thing. But and they, then Air, but it's it's a brief it's it's a nice moment, but it's also a brief moment because Aragorn's like I think it's okay. And then Mary's immediately like, great, bring me a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, he they they redirect the 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 direction of Mary's mourning, right? It's it's kind of a brilliant like move here where it's like, oh, you know, in remembrance to Theoden King, I'm never gonna smoke again because that's something that we wanted to do together. And Aragorn's like, remember so smoke and remember him. Like, don't don't let his memory die just because he died. Yeah. You know, smoke and think about him and why you wanted to smoke with him. Um, in the background of this, I'm gonna put um, "Remember Me" from Coco, um, and we're all we're all just gonna sit here and cry for a bit. But it's great, and and then he's like. Uh, yeah, I think I lost my weed on the battlefield, though. <laughs> oh, my. This is great. It's okay. so funny. So he's like, uh, oh, I had some stuff in my backpack. I don't uh, I don't know where it is, though. I think I lost it on the battle. Aragorn, could, could anyone go? He's like, can I don't know where, it ha- you know, what happened. Can someone go get it? Master Mariadoc, said Aragorn, if you think that I have passed through the mountains in the realm of Gondor with fire and sword to bring herbs to a careless soldier who threw away his gear, you are mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Aragorn, don't be mean. He's sassing him. It's so funny. And he says, and listen, if you can't find it, you can ask the herb master and he'll tell you Everything you've ever wanted to and not wanted to know about your pipe weed. <laughs> um, and when they leave, and then it's just uh, Mary and Pippin. <laughs> Pippin goes, "Was there ever anyone like him? Except Gandalf, of, of course. I think they must be related." <laughs> and I love that because, like, Gandalf digs on Pippin, and Aragorn digs on Mary. Yes, and 
Uh, it's good. It's um, good. Because then Pippin calls Mary an ass. He's like, my dear ass, your pack's by your bed, dummy. Yeah, he's like, idiot, it's been here the whole time. And he Aragorn said that saw it. while looking at Aragorn, it. Aragorn, like, straight up just, you know, played you. So let's smoke. Let's uh, do it. Let's get lit. 420. Blaze it. Uh, Mary, I am not your weed man. I am the king. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Mary, I'm not your guy. Pippin's your guy. (laughs) And Pippin's like, yeah, you're right. I'm your guy. (laughs) So good. That passage there, when when Pippin and Mary sit there and they start smoking together, and he's like, hey, Mary, you're an ass. Let's smoke. And then he says, um, Mary says, uh, it's best to love first what you are fitted to love, I suppose. You must start somewhere and have some roots, and the soil of the Shire is deep. And I just... All of this whole, that passage there in this whole section, like Mary and Pippin sitting down to have a smoke together, like, hey, man, we made it. We started in the Shire, like, where our roots are, and we've gone all, we've got to freaking Gondor for crying out loud. And we're going to sit here and smoke Longbottom Leaf in the Houses of Healing. And, but they know, like, their roots and what, and, like, Mary's like, I've come to realize, like, what peace means and what, like, what it means to, to like tend a garden and 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 what what it means to fight for peace and so let's just sit here and enjoy this moment together and I just like love that there's there's a, a beautiful bit of wording there where I, I forget exactly what he says but he says like we're gonna take it easy now or like let's be easy for a moment um like reiterating that this is a moment of taking a breath and like giving these characters a chance to heal and rest um after yes. the, these grave traumas they have endured um again they all just need a hug (laughs) (laughs) or or just to like chill out with a friend right chill out with a friend and smoke a bowl and just (laughs) kick it (laughs) so aragorn and gandalf go to uh says the warden of the houses of healing and they say (laughs) so they say faramir and eowyn need to stay here and heal um, I don't like the language Aragorn uses for Eowyn. He says, the Lady Eowyn will wish soon to rise and depart, but she should not be permitted to do so. If you can in <laughs> any way restrain her, at least 10 days be passed. Basically, Her like, a, she's going to fight you like crazy to get yeah. back out there. I just don't, don't let her do it. specifically <laughs> like the words not permitted and restrain. I mean, like, I get what he's saying. He's saying, like, she's going to want to leave. She needs to stay and rest and heal. I just don't like those words. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> he uses those words for her. And then, but, the like, the... Um, the words he uses for Faramir are really loaded too. When it's like, I don't like the yeah. idea that you should not tell somebody the, the like, oh, for his protection, we should not tell him about Denethor. Like, well, the, I don't yeah, like this that. Is Gandalf. Yeah, because like personally, I would, I, I always want to know things right away when they happen. People are like, like, I like, don't know. oh, don't, I think don't, I'm with, uh, like, oh, I'm don't tell Gandalf me until you know. I, I, but like, I, I think to say, oh. You have to restrain Eowyn and then don't talk to Faramir. I think that's restricting them both so much. Well, so he says, or Gandalf says, as for Faramir, he must soon learn that his father is dead. But the full tale of the madness of Denethor should not be told to him until he is quite healed and has duties to do. So he he knows that he's not going to be able to hide the fact that Denethor is dead. Um, and I don't think he's trying to hide that. I think he's just trying to protect Faramir right now while he is, um, you know, very vulnerable and still weak. And then, so I love this. They're like, Faramir and Eowyn, they need to stay here and heal and rest as long as possible. Mary, he can go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he can leave. he's probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, it is likely he will be fit to arise tomorrow. Um, Mary's entire arm couldn't be felt 20 minutes ago. But he's probably <laughs> and, fine. Yeah. And now Hobbits he's just are, like good Hobbits to go. Cool. <laughs> Hobbits bounce back is the thing. They're made of rubber. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And then, so Aragorn's like, all right, I'm hungry. I'm going to go. I have not slept or also, eaten in months. I love that this is a fr- I think we should bring it back. It says, and when at last he had supped. I think we should use that word more as, you know, like, oh, we we have already eaten supped. dinner. We've supped. You know, I've already supped. <laughs> um, I've already it's had good. supper. It is a good word. 
<laughs> For sure. Um, so he, he, he sups and then he gets right back to work. Well, you can't stop Aragorn. Everyone, as so as he's walking through the town, it says, and word went through the city, the king has come again indeed. And they named him Elfstone because of the green stone that he wore. And so the name which it was foretold at his birth that he should bear was chosen for him by his own people. Yes. And then he goes outside the city and sleeps in his tent and everyone in the city is like, wait, did the king actually come? Cause because now, cause now Imbrahil's uh, flag is flying, and uh, we. But I swear we just saw a king. Like yeah. that's weird. <laughs> there's this. There's this great interplay here between like destiny and divine birthright and the will of the people that Tolkien is evoking. Yes. Like, like not only is this the name that he was told he would have from the moment he was birthed, the prophecy has foretold. But also, it's just something that sprang up naturally from the people around him. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's this thing that they call him because of his deeds and his actions and his reputation. Well, no, this no, name in particular is, like, the most basic name they could have given. It's not a smart name. They're like, oh, what should we call him? Well, I think that stone is from an elf. <laughs> hey, maybe we should call him Elfstone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also it's it's because he that's all he has. That's like his only defining mark that he's wearing. He could be wearing his crown, his magic sword, under yeah. a banner, marched into the city like, with, nah, with his entire be army. I gotta mysterious for a bit. I gotta right, be so he's only wearing this elf stone because uh, it's important to him, right? And that that ring becoming a symbol of him among the people first uh, and, and granting him this name. I Yeah, it's a, it's a basic name. Uh, it's not like uh, <laughs> Thorin Oakenshield or whatever. Uh, but it is, it, it's, a, it's a folk name given by the folk. Uh, and I think that's beautiful because if, if you're not talking about what Aragorn's return, what the return of the king means, uh, then like, why did, why did he return in the first place? Like, why is it important? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that he's earning respect and he's earning a reputation, uh, but not in a flashy way. When I, I feel like so many leaders are all about that bluster and that grandeur, and we could use a lot less of that. Um, oh, I, I don't have any idea of a leader <laughs> that you're talking about currently. Exactly. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> you, you, you exactly get my meaning. Uh, <laughs> You know, like that's that's a cool moment. I I don't know how Tolkien feels about democracy versus monarchy, um, but I feel like what what he's trying to establish is that the right person will rule the right way, and like destiny will seem like it's being fulfilled, but mm-hmm. also the will of the people will be served at the same right, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that brings us to the end of the chapter. Do you guys have any uh, like random thoughts or anything that we glossed over? Um, gosh, I don't know. Wait, let me look my let me look at my at my notes and see. I think we addressed them all. See, it's a it's a good thing when my guests are like, no, I'm like, great. That means I hit everything because we were pretty thorough. A lot of times, um, I'm like, oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam did try and kill Gollum. You're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was like a, a whole thing. Nope, yeah. I got all of mine. Uh, cool. got all of my notes done. I just, um, I went and, and, and did a, did a quick Google really fast, um, because I was like, I don't want to start spewing lore that I didn't like know for sure that I had. Um, but so they call when they, they call him Elfstone, right? And they say, oh, it's the, you know, the name that he was foretold to have. And then they, they come up with it. So Elfstone is the like Gondor language translation of the name Elessar. Which is something uh, that he's been been called up to this point. He goes by a lot of names. Um, oh, I haven't noticed. <laughs> Alessar was was a name that that they've that they've given him. Um, Estelle, um, obviously Strider, Aragorn, Telkantar. I mean, so so they go in in this chapter. Aragorn um, it gets his so it's his full name as as king when he's. Um, and his name in the in the elvish language in the Kent, the 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 language of the Quenya um his name becomes um Elisar Telkantar 
um, which is basically just Elfstone Strider uh, when you translate <laughs> it, when you translate it out. Um, it's just so Aragorn to kind of be like, okay, all of these things that I've been called, all of these names, I'm going to, you know, th- th- these identities that I've had, I'm going to combine them into into one thing and um, and and make that my, like make that my my king name to remember my humble roots and stuff and this is where it begins it it starts sprouting from from this chapter mm-hmm. um and i just really like that <laughs> like aragorn a lot <laughs> that's really he's good he's all right <laughs> he has his flaws sure. but he has his, he has his moments too yeah Everybody, every every good character should have flaws yeah yeah and also i mean like i say all of this out of like spite on behalf of Eowyn because like she deserved better and uh, should have like done a lot more for her but oh well whatever too late for that oh my gosh anyway so Alice and Buddy, what would you guys like to plug? Well, uh, our our baby, our podcast baby, <laughs> Those Happy Places, uh, we've just released a whole series of episodes called Birds of Paradise, where we've uh, where we've done a like four or five episode breakdown of uh, the Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room and all of the like history oh around it, going all the way back to the history of the colonization of Hawaii and and how that affects our world today. Um, and it was a super fun little uh, mini series to do. And that's on our on the feed for the Those Happy Places um, podcast. You can find that uh, almost everywhere podcasts are found. Trust me, I'm working on Spotify. Um, <laughs> I'm working on it. They're hard to get a hold of. Um, yeah, Birds of Paradise has been like this incredible experiment where we decided we were going to focus like just on one ride for as long as we could or one attraction, I guess. Uh, the Tiki Room isn't really a ride. No. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> giving giving it the time to breathe and talk about its history and its place in time um, and what was happening around 1963 when the ride opened. Again, the attraction, not the ride. Uh, <laughs> and, and the history of the Dole Pineapple Company uh, and the history of the Hawaiian Islands and their relationship with the United States. Uh, it has been an ever-expanding uh, just documentary of this uh, this one iconic attraction. I'm really proud of it. Um, it's been so fun to to work on. Yeah, it's it it is one of our one of our crowning achievements, I think. <laughs> and you can find that wherever podcasts are found, except for Spotify and on Twitter at those happy pla- at happy places pod. That's yes. the one at happy uh, places pod. <laughs> and Alice, there's there's one more thing we should probably plug, and it's uh, Rogue Fun, a podcast story. That's uh, right. Is like back in full swing. That's right. That's true. I have resurrected a a old favorite podcast, uh, Rogue Fun, a podcast story, where we have been watching Rogue One, a Star Wars story, um, like in 10 minute segments and doing hour long episodes on every 10 minute segment of that film. It's been going for a couple of years now. We had like a, a, a long break between episodes, but we're back in full swing. And um, yeah, we've been doing a, a breakdown of this movie once a month, every month for a while. And it's been so much fun. Um, and that we can you can find that podcast everywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify. <laughs> All right. Um, and... Uh, and on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod. Um, and then also, do you guys have a book, podcast, movie, etc. that you guys are enjoying and would like to recommend to the audience? Yes, in this in the spirit of things, I want to recommend a book that I just started. Uh, I just started reading, um, and I don't know if I'm going to be, be able to pronounce the um, the last name of the author because I suck at this. Um, so I just started reading. Um, it's a it's a young adult fantasy novel. It's called Children of Blood and Bone. Um, <gasps> yes. The author is uh, Nigerian American. Her name is uh, uh, Tommy uh, Adiemi. I think is how it's said. Um, yeah. It is a phenomenal read so far. Uh, I've I've only just started it, um, but it occurred to me uh, the events over the last few weeks that I haven't read mm-hmm. nearly enough um, uh, fiction by Black authors, and um, I had this on my shelf, meaning to read it, and I was like, you know what, it's time, and uh, it's really excellent. 
Highly That's recommend. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I um, finished reading that a couple weeks ago. And it's what's real, listeners, if you haven't heard of this book, it's what's really cool about it is that um, it's it's a fantasy, like magic book. But the magic and fantasy is based in like African mythology and lore, unlike pretty much every other, you know, unlike this book, which is, that's like, that's just what I've been saying the past couple weeks since these, you know, protests have started is being like, um, I know that Lord of the Rings isn't exactly diverse. So here's some other like more diverse fantasy if, if that's what you want to, you know, go and explore and support. Um, buddy, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, I've been listening to a, uh, a new-ish. Uh, it's not brand new, uh, but there's about 18 episodes right now. Uh, podcast. It's an actual play podcast uh, set in the universe of Shadowrun. Uh, it's called Fun City, uh, and it's hosted by uh, a familiar voice, if you were on the internet in the early 2010s, uh, Mike Rugnetta of the PBS Idea channel. Um, I love him. Yeah, he's great. Uh, And he's got an amazing cast of players uh, who do this Shadowrun campaign in this kind of uh, very unique, fleshed out, kind of homebrew setting of New York in the year 2101. If you've been thinking recently that the world seems increasingly dystopian, Uh, with authoritarian governments and uh, very invasive corporations. What? I don't know Uh, what you're referring to at all. Not to mention (laughs) uh, an increase in police violence and prejudice. Fun City sets itself up to tackle those, those really heavy concepts in a really just it's an entertaining way it, it's silly sometimes in in the way that actual play podcasts can be because you've got a bunch of improvisers around a table having fun playing as as magic characters but it's also like remarkably poignant and heartfelt and it takes itself exactly as seriously as it needs to it's a great listen if you have just a little bit more bandwidth to think about these things than you yeah, then like if you have a little bit more after dealing with them on the regular, um, this is a good show to listen to. Uh, and I can't recommend it enough. They handle everything about uh, an actual play RPG podcast uh, just wonderfully in that show. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I want to recommend I've been listening to the audiobook of um, it's called Slay and it's by Brittany Morris. And it's a YA book about a uh, girl who is like the secret creator of this huge online RPG for black people specifically. And then like, you know, conflict arises as happens in most books. (laughs) Um, and, And like something happens on the outside world that like threatens the safety of this um, safe haven um, for these, you know, black gamers. And uh, it's also cool because it alternates between different points of view. So there's uh, an LGBT character. So got something for Pride Month too, (laughs) throwing that in there. Um, But yeah, it's really like, it's a really cool. And oh, and I also like really appreciate that it, like the main character is this like teenage girl who created a whole video game. And like, that's not, you know, that's also not something that you, you know, see represented a lot of like girls doing like coding and technology stuff. So anyway, that's really cool. I've heard good things about that one. I was thinking about reading it myself. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good so far. I'm like halfway through the audiobook and it usually takes me a long time to get halfway through an audiobook I have to renew I have to renew them like 20 times and I'm like I'm gonna listen to it I promise but like I've actually been like really listening to this one because it's good that's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBE you can learn more about the network by going to WBE.org where you can find other shows on the network such as our musical theater podcast sincerely us actually this might be coming out like basically on their one year anniversary. So congratulations, Becca and Eni. What That's amazing. Just proud of y'all. Y'all are great. Also, can't wait to revisit more Star Kit stuff. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day and here's why. Because today we're headed to Broadway. Are we? 
Okay, maybe not, but we're talking about Broadway. I'm Becca. And I'm Eenie, and we host Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. We discuss everything from strong female characters, to Ben Platt, to individual shows, to Ben Platt, (laughs) to act one finales and everything in between. We even have a few experts on to talk about their expertise in the realm of musical theater. It's an easygoing show for every theater fan. No experience required. Listen every Wednesday at WBNE.org or wherever you get podcasts. That's not a Disney fan cast, I promise. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Tolkien About Pod. Good Lord, had to think about that. You can find me on Twitter at mcwhatsapp and Instagram at mcturndownforwatt. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash tolkienaboutpod. And this week's sponsor is Mayor. Mayor, thank you so much for becoming a patron and supporting the podcast. It means a lot, especially this month, because this month I'm donating the uh, Patreon funds, proceeds, whatever you want to call it, to the Harry Potter Alliance which is a great organization who do a lot of just amazing, great work in a whole bunch of important areas. Just everything that you want Harry Potter fandoms to be, but without the author involved in any way. Um, So I'll be donating the Patreon funds from the month of June to the Harry Potter Alliance. And if you are able to, I also encourage you to make a donation. Um... So the discussion question for, or the discussion question from a couple weeks ago was, um, what was a plot twist that you enjoyed? The, these ones are from Facebook. Meredith said uh, Hans and Frozen. And mm-hmm. that one got me. I remember being shook I watched when it that happened. last night. Really? Oh my god, that's crazy. And I remember the first time watching it being really shook by that. But yeah, I had the urge to watch it last night. Yeah, I was, yeah, I I saw it in theaters like during the first couple weeks when the movie was out. So there wasn't, you know, a lot of talk about what happened in it yet. And then hot, I was like, what? And my two (laughs) friends were like, literally, how did you not see that coming? (laughs) Yeah, rewatching it, being like, oh, I see. <laughs> I know, you know right? how he keeps his gloves on the entire time? I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, uh, he's hiding something. Samuel on Facebook said the end of season one of The Good Place. Oh. That's a that's good a, one. That's a good twist. So good. And that, that you Great. have to sit with it between seasons, oh. right? And that commitment uh, and, and the way that the show just is completely transformed by it is so is amazing good. it's a very risky i think twist. i might just have to do a, a good place podcast after <laughs> i finish this one because like i i i've said like 20 billion times that i think the good place is one of the is the most well-constructed created tv show it's so well done and i love it <laughs> i would be so honored good. to guest on that show it's one of yes. my favorites a, a modern classic immediately as soon as it was over i'm like this this is etched into I television history. Sobbed. Like absolutely sobbed. And then what happened was is that Hulu started like auto playing. They had like a little after show talk show with all of the uh, cast. And I was like, why would you play this? I'm not in an emotional state for this at all. No, I, I haven't even watched it yet because I can't handle that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It Just be prepared. I'm glad I didn't say anything then, but like, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and then uh, Nathaniel said the end of The Prestige, which also uh, The Prestige. Oh, yes. That's a, that's yeah, a, that's a, a twist one. that is built into the, like, central theme of the film so wonderfully yeah. right like the prestige yeah, really of the prestige well is a prestige <laughs> <laughs> um and then there was i can't remember i didn't write this down but someone else basically listed like all the good horror movies and was like the sixth sense um the village uh someone said wait knives out isn't a horror movie i don't think but anyway yeah like a lot of like good horror thriller i guess psychological thriller movies have those um really good twists so anyway uh this week's discussion question is what smell would awaken you from near death 
<laughs> oh, that's wonderful. As I say that, I'm trying to think of what mine would be. So anyway, um, so I will ask that question uh, on social media in the coming week that you are listening to it. So make sure you are following everywhere in social media because I sometimes don't ask it on all the social medias because I forget. Literally last night I was posting on the Facebook group the discussion question for last week's episode. I can't remember. And I was I, I wrote it and I was like, I can't remember if I've asked this already here or not, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I posted it and then I literally scrolled down like not even a full scroll and I had already posted it like two days ago. So <laughs> I'm doing great. So um. All right. Uh, all that being said, do you guys have any parting words for the audience? Uh, oh, man. What's something pithy from uh, Lord of the Rings that we could say at the end of the episode? Um, uh, I don't uh, got it. It's not so bad to be overlooked. Isn't that something that uh, Mary says at the beginning yeah, of the chapter? that is Mary says. <laughs> Mary says that uh, right before he passes out. <laughs> right before he asks if he's going to get buried. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe not. <laughs> Um, Poor baby. Um, let's all go smoke some long bottom leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>